NFL season kicked off on Thursday night with a boom. Peyton Manning, seven touchdown passes against the Ravens. and He's an old man, I'll tell you that. Uh, set that record for the NFL, or tied it at least, with Joe Cap back in 1969. He was on fire, and we know that our own Chicago Bears are going to be on fire against the Bengals today. It's interesting, I was reading an ESPN piece, and there are 35 uh, reporters they have, uh, consultants, whatever, <laughs> they, they voted on you know, who is going to go to the Super Bowl, who is going to go to the postseason. There was only one person who said they were going to the postseason. It was Mr. Mike Ditka. <laughs> I don't know if exactly he's objective, uh, but he was the only one who said the Bears were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, there, there were seven others that said they'll make it into the postseason, usually by the wild card. Uh, but other than that, uh, people didn't have a lot of hopes for the Bears, but we do because we are Bears fans, no doubt. Now, what is the goal of an NFL game? Well, the goal of an NFL game is to make the owners filthy rich, and to make the players multi-millionaires. That is the goal of an NFL game. But if we look at a football game, the goal is to put the ball in the end zone and to score as many points as possible so you have more points at the end of the game than the other team. That is the goal. That is what is called a win. So as we head into our fall season here, in our ministry, we got to say, what is a win? How do we know that we're doing the work that we're supposed to be doing, that we're moving the ball down the field into the end zone? Well, it's when we are making disciples. Jesus Christ told us in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's what it's all about. Making disciples. We say, what's a disciple? Here's a definition of a disciple. A disciple is a follower, one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. Now, back in Jesus' day, there were rabbis just like himself uh, that had disciples. John the Baptist had disciples. But we are disciples of Jesus Christ, and therefore our mission for our church, and this is similar to every other church that teaches the Word of God, Springbrook's mission statement is to develop passionate followers or disciples of Jesus Christ. So this morning, uh, it's going to be less teaching and more reminding. And I'm going to be speaking to those of you who are part of the Springbrook team, those of you who have chosen Springbrook as your home, those of you who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're a guest today, your first time, your third time, you're checking Springbrook out, a lot of this stuff doesn't apply to you because you haven't made a commitment to our family. But if you have made a commitment to our family, I'm going to say some things that you might uh, find offensive. I, I'm not sure exactly how you might respond to it, but I'm going to be a coach here. I'm going to call it like it is. 
Because, friends, we have an incredible ministry opportunity as we move into the fall here. And it's our job as a team to get ready, to find out, okay, exactly what is the game plan? What are we going to do to make disciples? What are we going to do to, 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 to do our part? When you look at this uh, puzzle piece here on the slide, uh, when you see that, uh, the question is, where do I fit in? Now, most churches, you only have maybe 50%, and that's usually high, of the number of people who are playing some part on the formal team. They're involved in some type of ministry. I think we're up at 60%, something of that nature, which is good. But if you only had 60% of the Chicago Bears show up on the field today, that would not be good. Or if you only had 60% of your Little League people, (laughs) kids that is, show up, that would not be good. So when we're talking about being fully engaged in making disciples, each of us has to have a role. If this is our home, if this is our family. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak uh, to you this morning about where does God want you. It's great to show up on Sunday morning and worship together But we need to go beyond that as a family. We need to be making disciples. Uh, We need to get in the game, one might say. Well, let's go back to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Now, one part of this uh, passage known as the Great Commission is not talked about a lot, but it says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The key behind the Great Commission is the power of, of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. We read in Acts 1.8, But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be witnesses. So we, we've got to make sure that we're walking with Jesus Christ, that we're filled with the Spirit, that, that God is energizing us in all of this, or we're, we're not doing His work. So the first thing we need to do is pray. And we just got done with a five-week series on the importance of prayer. And I hope you continue to grow in that way. But we need to pray now as we move into our ministry season in the fall here that God would show up in a special way. In fact, we're having a morning of prayer, September 21st. You'll see up on the screen here, a morning of prayer from 7 to 11 a.m. So I would encourage you, if you pull out the sheet in your folder, your bulletin, uh, I don't have one on me here, but again, uh, sign up for an hour. I'm going to be there all four hours, leading us in prayer, all four hours. And I would encourage you to come for more than one hour. I mean, how much time do you have to give to the Lord in prayer? How serious are you? about this fall. Now, if you only can make it for an hour, that's great. But if you have the time, I would encourage you to be with us for even a longer period of time. Let's have more people at this prayer event than any other prayer event because I guarantee you the prayer that takes place in this focused corporate time is going to send a message to God about how serious we are about making disciples. So if you have a some type of 
game that day? Well, show up at 7 a.m. Unless that game starts really early, right? Let's make it a priority to bring our ministry before God and ask Him to bless us in a special way. We want to be a church that is dependent upon God. Not upon ourselves, but dependent upon God in every way. So make sure to fill that particular insert out if you can be with us. Now, let's look at Matthew 28 again. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So not only are we to be making disciples here, but throughout the world. And we are committed to that. We support missionaries around the world. We support missionaries in Brazil, and and we have three in Mexico, and uh, we have one in Japan. John May and I had a chance to get together with him over my vacation. He was in town, so we had breakfast together. And just to hear about... Uh, their continuing ministry to the people who were displaced because of the nuclear uh, disaster. He was very much involved with that. Now he's transitioning. He is just so astute in church planting in Japan. It is tough to start and grow a church in Japan. <laughs> it's a tough mission field. Uh, but he's been there for, I think, over 30 years doing it. And we're a part of that ministry of making disciples in Japan. Uh, so, again, uh, we are committed to a worldwide mission. And let's look again at Matthew 20, 19, 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to make disciples, well, first of all, you have to bring a person into relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the, the next priority right there is baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, as many as you know, we're having... Our annual lake baptism today at 4 p.m. at the Indian Trails Beach in Lake in the Hills. You just take acorn down. We're coming up on our 17th anniversary next week. So this is our 17th uh, lake baptism. And uh, I really would encourage you to be there, even if you don't, don't know anybody, because it's a celebration of our ministry Baptism is a way of, of telling other people that you identify with Jesus Christ. And I'll be very frank with you. If you are a Christ follower, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, to put your faith in Him, uh, to be reconciled to God, the righteousness of God has been put upon you, you need to be baptized by immersion. It's not a suggestion. It's not, oh, maybe in the future when I get the time. In fact, in the New Testament, as we see, they were quickly baptized after they became Christ followers. At Pentecost, 3,000 people came to Christ. 3,000 people were baptized. So the question is, have you been baptized by immersion? Now, there are some people that believe that baptism uh, as a baby, as a child, uh, by sprinkling, uh, that that is a proper way to be baptized and and if you really have studied that and, and talked to our leadership and processed through that and you really believe that to be the case, okay, all right, that, that's where you're at. You believe that, and, and that's fine. But at the same time, in regards to what we believe the Bible teaches, uh, it's required for membership that you be baptized by immersion because we believe it's so important. It's part of the Great Commission here. So... If you have not come to the point where you say, well, this is what I believe and I've studied it and I've talked to our leadership and I just believe this way, okay, that's fine. 
and at the same time, membership, uh, those people who are in certain leadership positions and ministry positions and need to be members. But again, you can be pretty much fully engaged in our church without being a member in terms of coming to services and small groups and being involved in a lot of different ministries. But what I'm getting to is the point, if you have not been baptized, and it's because I don't have time, uh, I'm not sure about that, and you have other excuses, you are in disobedience. You're in sin. If you know that you should do it, and you're making excuses about why you shouldn't do it, that's sin. And, and So the point is that today you can get that taken care of. Okay, You can come out to our baptism, talk to myself, talk to Pastor Rich after the service and say, I want to uh, take that step. In fact, we're having a baptism class right after this service that you can go to and learn more and get your questions answered. And everybody is at a different place in that area. But I'm saying, get it done. Get it done. Why not get it done? And if you have questions about it, get your questions answered and then get it done. <laughs> All right? What's more beautiful than baptism? In fact, I want to illustrate to you quickly what baptism is all about. Just be a moment here while I prepare to illustrate to you why baptism is so important. All right. This is why baptism is so important. Okay? Any Bears fans out there? Okay? I got Don back there. I know... uh, Urlacher, is that what we're doing here? Yeah, Urlacher. Don't be too impressed. Okay, all right. Uh, finally, sculpted body. <laughs> okay, but what does this have to do with baptism? What does it have to do with baptism? Well, when I wear this jersey, what am I doing? I'm identifying with the Chicago Bears. I am telling everybody, I am a hardcore Bears fan. Uh, Linda Marcico, I think, is here. She gave me this. Thank you so much, Linda. You're so generous. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a Bears fan. And wherever I go, people look at me and they say, that guy is a Bears fan. There's a lot of other Bears fans out there that don't have jerseys that they wear. I saw, I think, Bob in the back there. Bob, you have a Bears shirt on. Anybody else have Bears? uh, uh, Okay, a couple others here and there. All right. Uh, maybe Bears underwear, I'm not sure. but uh, <laughs> You're even more of a Bears fan. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the point being is, is I'm identifying. I, I'm telling everybody, hey, listen, I am proud to be a Bears fan. A- and at the end of the season, when they're not going anywhere and you're still wearing your Bears jersey, then you really are a Bears fan. I, I don't care whether they win or lose. I'm committed to this team. And friends, when you are baptized by immersion, but when you are out there, you are saying, I am committed to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has transformed my life, and I want everybody to know about it. One of the great things about a baptism is you can invite all your friends and other people and have them see how much you have been transformed by Christ. Baptism does not save you. But baptism is a way of saying, I belong to Jesus. I'm a part of this church, and I'm proud. I am proud of it. Uh, We see this in Romans 6, uh, verse 4. It says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism into death, 
that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So as you know, baptism is a beautiful picture of Christ dying for us and being buried and being risen. And then, of course, it's a picture of us dying to our old selves and being raised uh, to new life in Christ. That's what we're going to celebrate today. So we encourage you to be with us, and I encourage you to take that step of faith and be baptized. Now, there are different reasons why people say, oh, I don't want to be baptized. Well, one is I was baptized when I was a baby. That's the first reason. I was baptized when I was a baby, and, and that's very common. And if you were baptized as a baby, you should thank your parents that they showed spiritual interest in your life. But as we study the New Testament, we see that baptism, of course, is a point of identification. Now, if you put a jersey on a baby, uh, it's just another piece of clothing to them. And they don't even know what words those are. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got something on me. Uh, it means nothing to them in the sense of the fact that they say, oh, I'm a Bears fan. No, they don't even know what the Bears are, right? So the point is that you have to understand that something's happened in your life, that Jesus Christ has changed in your life in order to be able to identify with him. And so that's what we teach, that one needs to come and be baptized after one has made that decision to follow Christ. And that's a real difficult issue. And and I'd love to talk with you, or your small group leader would love to talk with you. That's a process that you go through in understanding that. Uh, the second thing is it's, it's awkward. <laughs> it's awkward <laughs> to be baptized. You, you go out there and, and you're dunked in front of a bunch of people. Where else does that happen in life? Does that happen at uh, your uh, company picnics? <laughs> hey, we have a new employee. Let's bring him out of the water. Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, so it's awkward, and it's uh, uncomfortable, and I don't like to be in front of people. Well, friends, Jesus Christ has asked us to do this. And you can talk to anybody who's been baptized, and it might feel awkward at first, but they were celebrating afterwards because it's such a wonderful experience. And, and if you've never been baptized, never seen a baptism by immersion, that's another reason to come out this afternoon in order to see it in order that you might understand what a great celebration is. The final thing here that I hear is I don't like to speak in front of people. And that's, that's understandable. At the minimum, of course, as I baptize you, I ask you questions about your faith in Christ and your desire to live for Him. Uh, you don't necessarily have to give a long speech or anything. You just have to speak publicly about your commitment uh, to Christ. Let's move on to Matthew 28, 19, 20 again. It says, Go therefore... Now, again, if you're going to make disciples, first of all, you have to bring people who don't know the Lord, who are lost, into a saving relationship with Him. And again, I'm anticipating greatly our fall outreach. And you have in your folder this particular card, uh, the Parenting by Design. Your Parenting by Design. Everybody can take that out. And this is uh, our new series that we're starting on September 22nd, a four-week parenting series. And some people say, well, I'm not a parent. What does this have to do with me? Well, you might be a grandparent. Of course, you know people who have children. You can learn things where you can advise them. But really, it doesn't matter what we're talking about on Sunday mornings, right? I'm talking to the team here. 
We come to worship God. And I can be talking about a particular issue in the Bible that has nothing to do with you. Now, typically, that's not the case. But, again, it doesn't matter. The point is, you have an appointment with God here. In one note, do not let the bearers keep you from your appointments <laughs> with God as we head into this season. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, i got a noon game today, and I don't know what they do in preparation uh, for all that, but uh, I can't go to church today. Well, friends, you know, what are you worshiping? Are you worshiping God or are you worshiping the bears? Some people do worship the bears. So we need to be careful about that and always make God uh, a priority. But again, uh, this particular series uh, is, is going to be a wonderful opportunity, probably the best opportunity uh, that you've had in a long time to invite people out to our ministry center. Because again, you can invite them out to the parenting seminar. You don't have to invite them out to church. That's usually what weirds people out, and you feel sometimes reluctant to do that. And that's understandable. But at the same time, you could say, hey, listen, anybody who has children, you can hand this to and say, uh, we'd love to have you come out to this parenting workshop that we're offering uh, to our community. So I would encourage you to go around your neighborhood. How many have kids uh, that live nearby? How many have neighbors that you know that have children under the age of 18? Everybody ho- Raise your hand. All right. Well, every one of those parents should get a postcard from you. Right? That's easy. It's saying, I mean, it's not saying you have to comment upon their parenting skills. You really need this. Okay? I've been watching your kids. <laughs> this could save your life. Or you see some kid, you know, disobeying at Walmart, you know, having a fit at the candy area. <laughs> you just... Hey, you need this. You don't know how to deal with this situation. Okay? <laughs> you know, the point is, is that, hey, every parent, uh, I assume every parent wants more counsel, uh, being a better parent. So give this to them. Just invite them. And it's just another invite. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. But encourage them. So you see what I'm saying? You're not inviting them out to a service. Now, if they come to service, that's great. And if you choose to do that, that's great. But again, let's get them in our doors so that they can know that we are a community that wants to help people grow in their parenting skills. And the Holy Spirit uh, will do the rest. Well, we go on to Matthew 28, 19, 20 again, uh, verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, we are a disciple-making community. We're a disciple-making community. When I reflect upon... Uh, my years growing up, uh, I'm so thankful that I was part of a disciple-making community. We look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We, we care so much for our children here in our ministry. As Emily mentioned, we're starting, again, all of our youth ministries, Awana, and of course we have Kids City, and, and train up a child in the way he should go. We are a community that teaches truth to children in the way that they should go. And when I think about my experience at Temple Baptist Church in Rockford, Illinois, growing up in the 60s and 70s, uh, I am just so thankful for all of the people that were part of that disciple-making community that invested in Dan Harrison. In fact, I was looking for a picture on Google last night of Temple Baptist Church, and I came upon uh, this particular picture of Everett Johnson. It was an obituary that came up in the Google search. 
He died uh, just this January, 91 years old. And it had a lot of different things about Everett there. Uh, he had two Purple Hearts from World War II in the Battle of Okinawa. Uh, he was a elementary principal of a couple different schools and over all the elementary schools in Rockford at one point. Uh, he also was involved in all kinds of community activities, but this really caught my eye. He was an active member of Temple Baptist Church, serving on the deacon board and as a leader and teacher in the Sunday school program. And I remember Everett Johnson being my Sunday school teacher. And as I look at his obit, that is much more significant than his Purple Hearts. Now, I appreciate his Purple Hearts. I appreciate what he did for our country. But again, a spiritual investment is the greatest investment that you can make. So when it's all said and done, 91 years old, he's with the Lord now, enjoying his first year <laughs> with the Lord. When he looks back, it's what he did for Jesus specifically what he did in helping other people grow to be disciples of Christ that really is going to make the difference and and who I am that man helped me to be he made me a better disciple and again as I look at the, the ministry that I grew up in it's really interesting there was a I've shared this before but it was just a unique time in that, that church's life it was just about the size of our church but and many of you know John Orberg. Uh, he was at that church. In fact, my brother's married to his sister. And he came out of that. But Everett was his Sunday school uh, teacher. And uh, uh, if you're familiar with Campus Crusade or Crew, Steve Douglas, he came out of that church. And then I could list many other pastors like myself. It was a unique time when that church just did a great job of disciple making. And we need to pray the same thing that people would be called into full-time ministry, or uh, it doesn't matter if you're in full-time ministry. We're all full-time ministry, right? We're all doing uh, God's work no matter where we might be at. Uh, but the point being is we want to be that type of community where, where children are cared for and, and children are taught and children are encouraged and they're spiritualized. And I want to thank all of you who are investing in our kids but it takes a team, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Uh, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is properly working, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So again, we need to be a team. We need to work as a team. And everybody has their place. Everybody's a puzzle piece. And you're brought to Springbrook and you choose this as your home and you're a Christ follower, God wants you to fit in someplace. And that's what we're talking about this morning, the importance of that. First Peter 4.10, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. God's grace. I mean, I, there's a lot of means of word grace, but in this context, I think it's just all of God's resources, all of his love, all his mercy, his forgiveness, now, we are, are vehicles of that. And again, I, as being part of disciple-making communities all my life, people have delivered so much grace into my life, and it's still happening on a daily and weekly basis. That's why I love the church so much, one of the reasons.
is because I'm continuing to be discipled uh, as I, I mature. I mean, we're discipled until we're dead, right? Because we always, we never reach total Christ-likeness uh, in our behavior. Uh, so we are continually, continually being encouraged in that way. So we're going to have a ministry fair. We're going to cut the service a little bit short uh, so you can go out and, and take a look at different opportunities uh, to be involved in service. And if you're not involved in service, we encourage you to check those things out. If you are involved, uh, we would encourage you, if God so leads, to step it up a level. Now, maybe you're maxed out. Don't do that. If <laughs> You're doing too much. They don't want that. Maybe you need to cut back. But for most people, uh, we encourage you to step up and uh, we encourage you to increase your level of involvement because we need more boots on the ground, one might say, in making an impact. And children's ministry, uh, we have our Kid City ministry and our WANA ministry and our youth uh, ministry. Let's uh, jump in our slides to our adult ministry. Uh, we've got our first impressions ministry and our small groups ministry and our worship arts ministry and our compassion ministry and then support ministries. We have our facilities ministry and administrative support. So again, just like the Bears need their players on the field, we need to all figure out, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve? And that's a journey that one has to explore along uh, the way. So I just want to come out here and uh, talk to a couple different people who've been involved in ministry. Uh, Matt Mason, why don't you Oh, Matt, come on, man. Come on. Ah. Ah. <laughs> like a battle here, huh, buddy? You know, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But uh, I have such a, <laughs> I have such a tremendous respect uh, for Matt, except for his uh, preferences in uh, football teams. Uh, you know, Matt has been a teacher in our kids' city uh, for how many years? Uh, it's the beginning of year thirteen. Year thirteen, isn't that awesome? Wow. Year 13, man. That's incredible. In fact, I think you were saying, was it uh, Tommy or Wesley? Tommy. Tommy. You had him in first grade. First grade. And Tommy now uh, is uh, just graduated from high school last year. I mean, wow, that is just so cool. And, and what a beautiful picture that Matt has found, you know, his spot. So, Matt, tell us what you enjoy about serving in Kids City. Um, well, it's really just the kids. They're so energetic. <laughs> uh, I used to have that energy uh, 13 years. I don't have that so much anymore, but um, the the energy they bring and just seeing them grow. Um, I've been all over. I started out in first grade. I went into second and third grade. Then I went to fourth and fifth grade as they, you know, as I matured, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you're at the fifth grade level, is that what you're saying? I, I, no, I am no, a fifth yeah. grader. So, um, and some kids, unfortunately, had me four years straight. Um, but it was just so fun seeing them grow in the Lord and seeing, you know, kids who are so quiet and won't even raise their hand. And then at the end of the two years I have them, you know, they're blabbing all over the place and talking. And it's so so cool just to see them grow into their spirituality, see the Bible work in their lives and see it really come uh, applicable to their lives. Because this book was written so long ago, but... It's relevant today, and they need to see that. So, Amen. Well, let's thank Matt again. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it so much. Now, Matt's teaching today, so he has to go back to his class.
But that is so wonderful, I mean, uh, just to see that type of commitment. Again, once you do find your niche, it might take you finding different, uh, experimenting with different type of ministries in order to find that perfect fit. Uh, but once you find it, it's your sweet spot. It brings you so much joy. It helps you to grow as a Christ follower. And again, in a moment here, you're going to have a chance to go out and uh, look at the different areas of ministry and do a first serve. Uh, a first serve is just you try a ministry out. So, for example, if you're interested in Kid City and we really need more leaders in our Kid City area, we need more teachers and just more helpers. You don't have to teach, per se. Uh, basically, you just try it once. You go back there and you shadow somebody. And if you like it, that's great. If you don't, then you can try out another uh, first serve. We have Shannon here, who is our Director of Compassion Ministries here at Springbrook. And Shannon, tell them about some of the first serves they could do uh, this fall. Well, I have at least six things that are annual coming up, just starting now all the way through December, coming up with um, Operation Christmas Child and a few other opportunities. Kids Hope, which was new last year, and I know we have um, 100% of everybody who served last, last school year back, plus three, at least three, uh, which is a wonderful thing, and it's only an hour a week, which is a wonderful opportunity. So. Uh, please come to my table because there are so many things coming up. Sailor Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving baskets, Angel Tree. I can name a few more, but I won't because there might be somebody else you want to speak. So anyway, please stop by. There's so many wonderful ways to be blessed. Not only are you going to be blessing other people, but you're going to receive a huge blessing just by volunteering. So thank you. Amen. Let's thank Shannon for her uh, ministry. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, we have our facilities ministry, and uh, where's Stephen Peel? Where is he? I saw him come in. Stephen Peel here? Did he escape? Well, there he is. <laughs> yeah, we're putting a shed up in back, and there have been a bunch of guys out there, and I, I was talking to somebody the other day. Steve, why don't you stand up? Sorry for embarrassing you, but, but um, you know, they said Stephen, like, was a monkey up there on the back. <laughs> He was doing an awesome job. He was working on top, putting his life in danger for us. Appreciate that. Uh, what did you enjoy about that, friend? Being here and being able to help out the church and keep on with it. And yeah. Trying to well, thank you, friend. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Let's thank Stephen. So if you're into building stuff, you like to build stuff, a lot of guys, of course, like that. We've got a lot of opportunities. We're finishing our home makeover, putting the tin on the side of the hallway going down there. We're building a stage set uh, for our fall outreach. Uh, we're building a shed. So stop by facilities if you like to build things and would like to help us out uh, in that particular area. Well, let's see. Uh, Larry White, why don't you stand up and tell us a little bit about the uh, First Impressions uh, Ministry. You're in charge of that, aren't you? No. Well, you serve in it, though, don't you? Oh, Jeff White, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's fine. You can stand. Oh, Larry, that's right. But you you are a host, right? I was. You were? Well, that's okay. You can you can talk about past experience. Oh, great. Yeah, what do you like about being a host? Well, when I was a host, I was a host. I started off at the welcome desk. Yeah, right. So it was really a great opportunity to just get to meet some first-timers and stuff like that. So um, I'm a bit of a, I guess, a people person. So 
having the opportunity to shake hands and say hello to everybody. It was um, always a joy for me. All right, great. And that's a great first serve uh, to get involved in, uh, being a host, because that's the first person that a person meets as they come in. And uh, I know that you serve forever on Saturday night, right, Jeff, Larry? Jeff? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, again, greeting people. Also, I think the cafe is a part of that ministry. Bill's a lot of here. Oh, there's Bill. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the cafe, how they might be involved there. Well, we have two different uh, opportunities. One is being cashier, and the other is being a barista, which makes the coffees. And um, that's just a great opportunity to meet people and to talk to them and work with, uh, you know, different people, new, regulars, different people coming in. What do you enjoy about ministry, Bill? What do I enjoy about ministry? I enjoy the way I feel when I leave this church every week. Mm-hmm. And um, as you know, we're here two or three times a week, and we always feel good when we're here. And we yeah. feel good when we leave here, and it makes us just feel good, period. That's right, exactly. Thank you. Also, on our, yeah, thank you. I've Kurt and uh, Mary Lou Herman here, and uh, Kurt, tell us about uh, your facility ministry involvement. What type of things do you do? Well, we come in uh, once a week now, Friday now, to help clean. Uh, Mary Lou and I do, and there's other people, but we come in and clean, and uh, after Awana starts, we'll be coming on Monday as well, and Sunday, sometimes we stay and clean so we can get ready for that. All right. And we've been doing that now for about three and a half years or so. Amen. Let's thank them. In fact, we have a team of uh, people that come in on Fridays to fold all the bulletins and do odds and ends, and they're cleaning as well. And and we need more administrative people to help us with different projects. You might want to stop by that uh, particular table. So uh, in a few moments after we sing uh, uh, last song, uh, we are going uh, to give you an opportunity uh, to go out, hopefully it'll be about 10 after when that happens. And uh, the kids from Kid City won't be released until about 10.20. So you'll have 10 minutes just to talk and explore different tables and see what you might be interested in regards to ministry. And uh, we encourage you to pick up one of the cards and fill that out and say, I'd like to do a first serve. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. For the time you've given us to talk about the importance of serving you. Uh, Lord, thank you that you've given this incredible gift of salvation that we're going to celebrate this afternoon at our baptism. Uh, Lord, thank you that we are a disciple-making community. Thank you that you've made us all different, all different types of puzzle pieces and I pray for those who are just getting started in ministry, that you would help them to find that sweet spot like many of the people that we've talked with. Uh, Sometimes it's a journey. It takes a while. But Lord, again, it is so satisfying to minister to other people, to help them to understand who you are, to help them to understand what it means to walk with Jesus Christ and to experience his grace on a daily basis. Lord, I pray that you would continue to strengthen our ministry in order that we might make disciples. Thank you for Everett Johnson, uh, who 
who helped me in disciple making, uh, made me a disciple, and teaching me and loving me, and thank you that he's with you today. And Lord, I pray that uh, we'd always uh, live our lives with the end in mind, and that is living for you. In Christ's name, amen.